Welcome to episode three of the Masters of Sport podcast, where we're going to dive deep into a whole bunch of different things around sports and life, but most importantly, well, probably most importantly, life. Well, sports are like a metaphor for life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, through that's and like, through. That's like the high school gym teacher mantra. <laughs> <laughs> Who was my high school gym teacher? Wait, we gotta do a pop. We gotta do a oh, pop culture. Oh, sorry. Thing. Are we gonna do one? I don't. You're the fitness dude. I watch videos on scrap building and art. Like okay, so one <laughs> one one pop thing that I've been on lately, and Jason's gonna laugh is watching Cristiano Ronaldo. All right, his super jump. So he jumps to like nine feet and hits a header and scores a goal. This is like Whoa. a year and a half ago. Wait, how tall is he though? Like, do you know? I don't know. Six two, maybe. Okay. He's taller, but he's not like. But not huge. like a. No. He's, he's not, not like, like NBA. Like. No. All right. And it's like, he's running full speed. A dude crosses it, and as he's running, plants and jumps, and it, he just like floats. Is single leg jump or like does he single like, leg? Also, okay. Yeah, plants one leg and, and goes. Like so, um, way more athletic than like the double. Like, watch how powerful I am, type of jump. Yeah, and just. When you see it, it's like the ball's coming, you know, probably at like 70 miles an hour. All right, so he's he's in the he, jumping as high as possible. He's calculating everything. Yeah. Like, I have to jump that high to hit this ball, which is way over there at this time when I'm calculating it. And based off my trajectory inside <laughs> my brain, if I get to this high and I deflect it at this angle, I'm going to score a goal. Damn. That, and there's a defender in front of me. It's funny you're like talking about the like bird, the Hawkeye, right? Yeah, like yeah. lasering in, like going down and swooping and just grab the whatever rodent you're taking or yeah, the fish. Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's Except like, it's in the air flying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you're, you're real time like calculating that. It's like take that Tesla. Like you got <laughs> yeah. nothing on me. <laughs> I think that that's like my, my pop thing right now is that I'm, I'm learning, you know, I'm learning that soccer slash football if you're not European football right let's throw that little (laughs) modifier on there (laughs) even though the whole rest of the world plays it too (laughs) but football outside the U.S. is it is a entertaining and very valid sport yeah contrary to my prior beliefs oh it's the best sport there's no commercials while you're watching it there's constant action yeah it's not as boring as like hand the ball off oh they got stuffed at the line of scrimmage oh it's an incomplete pass oh they're taking free throws now like right. constantly slowing the game down like yeah. it doesn't happen they're yeah. constantly moving yeah. and it, as you learn the game the nuances become way more exciting too. right yeah that's that's i actually think that point is that for me Lincoln's been playing ice hockey. Okay. And I've always watched field hockey, and I never fully grasped it, but I always liked it because of the speed. And now that I'm seeing ice hockey, I'm starting to comprehend field sports more. Okay. Like, I've always sort of understood the game of football, and, like, it's basically like a game of real estate for each player, and what real estate does that player control or try to dominate, and then they all work together to move the ball. It's like seeing that now from soccer and ice hockey and, and field hockey and lacrosse. It's like, wow, I was just an idiot when I was in high yeah, school. That was like probably your meathead in your way, right? Just <laughs> yeah. two stakes over your eyes. You're like, I can't see a thing. <laughs> I just want to hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hit him as hard as possible. Dude, you talk about um, ice hockey. Yeah. I went and, like, I've only ever seen the Lehigh Valley Phantoms play ice hockey. Okay. So, like, it's professional. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's not the NHL. Yeah. But... They're pretty high, though. Yeah. 
So I go to the games, and every time someone gets hit, I, I yell, punch them. <laughs> like, just because it's funny. And I try to yell it, like, real obnoxiously. Like, so who's ever sitting by me, like, will turn and look. You realize, and, you realize what that's similar to? No. Nah. You're going to be offended by this, but it's, right. it's just like... It's just like somebody at a concert yelling Freebird. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm all right with that. Because what I'm actually trying to do, and I know this is like, maybe it's my meta level troll. I'm trying to wait to see if they start laughing at me or if they get annoyed with me. And they, yeah. And then I can gauge it from there because then I'm going to decide if I'm going to root for the home team or the away <laughs> okay. team too based off what shirt they have on. <laughs> it's so much fun. And it's funny when you're with adults or adults by you with kids they automatically laugh more yeah, often yeah because they just like they can't show their kids yeah like, yeah and it i don't know it's so funny i'm thinking of these moments right now so we gotta we <laughs> let, let let's go to the shout out here oh yeah yeah so on the subreddit on the reddit the garage strength said posted by okay astronomer 4452. I wonder if that's like OK Player, but it's like OK Astronomer. Or OK Computer. Oh, yeah. OK Player is a better website than that album, but whatever. (laughs) Radiohead's pretty good, but overrated, too. Um, They wanted to know, when did you embrace the love of training, and who influenced you the most? Should I read the whole thing? No, I think that's good. And I think mainly what they want is, who was your mentor and source of, like, live training, like, who turned you into like sort of this sage mentor yourself, or more than one person? It probably is. Dude, too. this is where I think like the whole the whole realm of who people are. It it, it fuels if it, it can be fueled by uh, very specific people, and I and I think about it like genetics. It's like my. Okay, so if you have the obesity gene, but you grow up and you're eating really clean food your whole entire life, you're never overeating and you're never in excess calories, you're going to stay lean. But if you eat excess calories, that gene gets pulled out and you get fat as fuck, okay? Yeah. Um, I just swore, so hopefully that gets bleeped out or something. Beep. Yeah. they got to put your face over your mouth. Have- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or they should put Caitlin's face going like this. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I think, I think for me is what I believe is that for coaches and mentors, this is where I think coaches and mentors come into play, is that if you have somebody that like can see something in you as a person, they can pull it out of you and they can get right. you to do a lot of like really cool stuff. But if they don't have that person in your life, you might not ever do something that you find fully fulfilling. And I think that for me, I was fortunate enough that I've always had this urge that I just, dude, it's, it comes down to the simplest format for me is like, I just want people to like me. Okay. That's all I've ever wanted. You've been saying that for years too. Yeah, I just want people to like me. I just want to have it's people. So, it's it's so like funny. that's it. That's all I want. That's all I want. I want to go to places and people are like, "Hey, Daisy, here. Like, you, Yo, what's you want to hear up?" Something funny. The first comment you ever gave me with the online stuff was, "I hate you." <laughs> I remember it, and I don't know why, but I read it like you were smiling and laughing while you were saying it. So like. As much as you may have been saying I hate you, it was more like, <laughs> like you know, yeah, yeah. poke fun. And then I drew that picture of you when they were all calling you Jane yeah. with the hat. That, that was good. <laughs> I remember that. You want to know what's really ironic? Is that today when Haley hit that 89K snatch, Yeah. 
I just texted her back like, I hate you. And she was like, I hate you. And I hearted it. <laughs> but but I that's think, someone, you have pulled something out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that, that, that that's, that's, like, that's correct. I think, so for me, to answer this, I think we have to have that in uh, and established early is that I've always wanted people to like me. And, and that's everything that, that fuels me, essentially. And, and for me, uh, my dad was a wrestling coach and my dad you know, coached baseball, but mainly uh, wrestling. And so we would go to states for wrestling and I went to a school where we were in a, you know, our school. Down Hershey too. Yeah. And yeah. for those of you who don't know, this is Pennsylvania. Like some people may argue, but if you're from Pennsylvania, like it is the best sta- wrestling yeah, state. Yeah, it is. There's no argument. Like, and people it, will argue, yeah, but like, yeah, we're from PA. We're, we're well. I'm not from PA. I grew up in PA, though. Yeah, we are biased to it. Yeah, PA is the best wrestling state, and it's District 11. Even though he probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so, so we would go. You know, we would go down to Hershey and watch states, and it would just be a packed, you know, twelve thousand or ten thousand people going nuts. Yeah, and so. I think and this is high school sports too. <laughs> high school sports, and I would have been in like elementary school and middle school, um, and so I would go in and I would see my dad lift, and when I would see my dad lift, you know, I would just ask him questions, and he he was the first person that got me into the weight room, and my dad is a bigger guy and he wrestled in college, so I always equated that to being good at a sport, and when I started to equate that to being good at a sport, and when I noticed okay. that if you're a wrestler or you're successful at your sport, people like you and people want to talk to you and they want to give you attention. Okay. And that's, that's you know, looking back, that is that root that triggered everything was like, I want to do something that people will just like me and, and want to talk to me. So would you say your dad was like your first mentor then in yeah. that regard? Yeah, so, so my dad for sure. And then, and then working up the ranks, it was like, you know, when I was in eighth grade, we had a guy win a state title, and his name was Jake Stork. And I would be in the weight room sometimes when he would be lifting, but I got to see his process. And he won that state championships, uh, the state title, and it was this big deal. And so I saw what he did. I saw the, the results. And I saw where he went to college and all that. And then what was cool is that uh, our wrestling coach, who – he had some issues, but he was he was good at pulling that out of people. That okay. work, work ethic, he could get you to work very very like he was good at manipulating you to work your ass off. And I think that because I saw Jake Stork and I saw uh, Coach Mauer, I I was like, all right, they have the keys of, of what I have, to, and I just got to do what what he says. Right, right. And so it became him, and along you know, and then as I got into high school, it was him, and we had a strength coach named Phil Yoder. So Phil Yoder. Uh, I would go in with wrestling, but then I would also lift like two or three other extra days. Okay. I, I forced our wrestling coach during the season to get out the bumper plates so I could do power cleans and stuff like after practice. You just, I just liked lifting. I just wanted to lift. And the other thing was then too was that, you know, ninth, tenth grade around this time, like I started to, to feel bigger and I would love to get like pumps in my triceps. I know this is ridiculous, yeah. but that's that, that, Triggered and, and and Mr. Yoder was part of NSCA, uh, which is the National uh, Collegiate or National uh, Strength and Conditioning uh, Coaches Association. Is that like LOL? 
Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So they they had these magazines and like Powerlifting USA, and Mr. Yoder would just give them to me to 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 read and to to wait 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 wait. you used to read. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, what's crazy is that this is this is full circle. Mr. Yoder used to play like the Iron Mind VHS cassettes. Oh wow! Yeah, in the weight room. On like one of those things. Remember, like back in the day, they'd roll the TVs around the hallway in high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would bring one of those in. That's like one of those Twitter things where they like say how old you are without saying how exactly, old you are. That exactly. That was a good one. There. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> we would watch that while we were while we would lift. And ironically, I am right now in the process of trying to get my hands on those v- VHS. Yeah. And one of the kids who trains here that knows him is trying to get them for me. Oh, nice. So. I think the, that that early trigger from my dad, seeing the results, you know, and I, I and, and I had like random things where I, like I I saw Brock Lesnar win his first national title, or I saw him lose actually in the. Yo, NCAA. have you seen his ponytail? It's it's like down, isn't it down to his oh, butt, dude? It. He's try. He kind of like has that same style of like Dean Ambrose and Brody Lee or what, whoever Dean Ambrose is now over in AEW. Brody Lee, God rest his soul, type of thing. Right. But it's like Brock Lesnar doesn't have the personality to pull that no, off. Like yeah. they do. Great physical specimen. Right. Like, you know what like looks the part. Really good, like from a casting standpoint, but like sorry, I am pro AEW. Suck it. <laughs> WWE. <laughs> anyway, my little asides here in pop culture. So <laughs> yeah, so so that that was like that early trigger, and I was just diehard into it. And and Mr. Yoder was so um, fostering of that that um, even when I stopped wrestling because I broke my arm and all this stuff, I got really good at track and football because of you broke the, your arm. Yeah, I fractured my radius oh, wow. here. Is that what the scars from? Like yeah, they had to, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, that's why I stopped wrestling. Oh wow! Because uh, I I actually was throwing with like a giant thing on my arm, and I got I did really well at states, and then I I was I always want to I always wanted to you know early on by you know seventh or eighth grade be a state champ. Yeah. And that's what happened though is I I break my arm. I'm like all right, well I can win a state title in track, I can be all state in football. I don't know if I want to risk it again with wrestling, even though I want to win a state title in wrestling. And so I didn't wrestle. And you know, long story short. Yoder sort of fostered me to get more into throwing, and at the time there was a okay. website called canthrows.org, and they had you know Werner Gunther's workout from like way back. This is like 1999, 2000. Yeah, yeah, there was still like the dial-up tone, right? Yeah, yeah. And that so, would be another way to date us without yeah. saying how old we are. Like, just play a sound. <laughs> well, so so we actually took that program and did that entire program for like 12 weeks, and. I think Mr. Yoder was the big trigger for me early on. And then, you know, as I got into college, um, you know, 2002, I graduated 2000, uh, high school, 2003, it started to be like, I'm really, really interested in this, but I was studying uh, religious studies yeah, yeah. and history. And so that, <clears throat> I started to, to read more and more, and my college coach was, uh, I guess, a master, he has masters in like sports science or something, whatever the exercise. Speaking science. of sports science, exercise science, exercise science. I remember, was it last summer or two summers ago when I was coming down, and I, someone was like, 
what are you guys doing? And you, st- it was like a young kid. It may have even been Nick too. And you yeah. go, we're doing sports science now. Leave us alone. <laughs> and me as a kid, like I never thought of myself as a scientist. And like for some reason, my whole brain clicked. There. I was like, wow, we actually are doing like science stuff. Like we're Dude, making pro- hypothesis up, testing it out. Do it. And I was like, man. I'm like, and I'm a like I'm a lit major. Like that's and what I did. The funny thing is, I could see Nicholas being like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, we're just talking about sports. Yeah, what are you doing? We're, it's, it's sports science. Just <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. Like, confuse him and like get him to go yeah. away. <laughs> but like, it was you did that weird. I shouldn't say weird. Where you like act real serious about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We may even we're have been doing a book study at the time too. <laughs> yeah. Like when we were like, read this book and it, and like trying to break it down and figure it out. Uh, so I, I think that that's actually interesting. Is that that that's what I was always interested in? Is that I always wanted to get better at either being an athlete or or just learning like the game, right? Like learning what the yeah. athletic uh, endeavor needed to be successful. And so because of the internet, I was able to get in contact, you know, and, and this is like 2005, 2006. YouTube just started and there was a It guy, wasn't owned by Google yet either. Not, not yet. It was, <laughs> it was like the Wild West. Like, right. There was a guy named Ross Enamite, and he still is on YouTube. He owns Ross Boxing, RossTraining.com. And I just started emailing him. Okay. And he would just respond. And it's like, you know, so there was Ross, who I would talk to about fight training. Then there was The Ring, which was like this thrower's thing. Um, and, and my college coach would talk to me a little bit, but not really. So it was like me, like watching weightlifting videos of Piros Dimas and then watching like Ross's videos and, and these videos and emailing these guys and getting them to actually respond yeah, to me yeah. and reading things on the ring of these world-class throwers training. And it's like, I just constantly wanted to, to consume as much as I could so I could figure out how I could get as good as I could be knowing that if I could help a lot of people, People, okay. will like me. people will like me. Right. And I'm competitive, too. Yeah, you are very competitive. So there's like, there's like those two factors going into it. And so ironically, the one, the one resource, the ring, um, you know, this is like 2005. Two Do you th- consider them mentors, though, too? Like yeah, these, because I... These like far-off internet people. Yeah, that, that I might have never met. But they, they were... You were willing to reach out and they were willing to acknowledge you. Yes. So it, like, if I just step back, like... Part of like mentoring or being a mentor, like you just have to acknowledge a person exists. Like, yeah. is one of those things that like, hey, you want to mentor treat, someone? Yeah, like, how you acknowledge treat them, them? Yeah, acknowledge them, treat them well, and yeah, and just give them some time. Like them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so I think that that to to take this a step further is that that's where you know I was going to go get my master's degree at Temple, and I had sort of decided like, all right. I'll go either be a collegiate coach or I'll go to get my PhD. That was going to be my realm. I was either going to go get my PhD and... Because people respect doctors. Yeah, yeah, for some reason. (laughs) Uh, I was going to go get my PhD in religious studies or or philosophy, and then I was going to... Or I was just going to be a college coach. Those were my two options. And then all of a sudden on the ring, somebody posted that Anatoly Bunderchuk was he lives in Kamloops, British Columbia, and okay. they want to have a training camp for a full year leading into the 2008 Olympics to get Dylan Armstrong, who's a Canadian shot putter, 
to be his training camp. Basically, like, think of a boxing training camp as a 12-week thing. This is a full year. I got you. So I knew who Dr. B was because I, I would read so much stuff on Soviet training. Gotcha. And I saw it. And I immediately, dude, I didn't have a cell phone. And this is 2006, 2007. Yeah, text messaging was, well, took people, forever. But people had it. <laughs> but I had a landline because my parents made me pay for my phone. Okay. So I pick up the phone and I call my mom. And I'm like, Mom, I think I'm going to move to Canada. And I had previously hitchhiked across Canada. And I knew where the town was because I went there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'd been there prior. So you were good. You like knew how to do the homeless out there in case that happened too. Absolutely. Like, I can sleep wherever. I feel like there's a story in there, but we'll get into <laughs> no, that some other time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, knowing the town, because I actually spent like three days in Kamloops when I was hitchhiking, um, I knew I knew how, what it was like. It was very similar to Reading, uh, very similar layout. And so I was like, I, I could live there. I know I could live there. So I emailed them, and it was Martin Bingesser, actually, who now has another website, Hammer Media. And I, I, I contacted him, like, can I come up there? And they got back to me like, yeah, you're more than welcome. So I... I cre- what if they would have said no? I would have went anyway. All right. That's, I know I would have. I <laughs> so I created this plan. Long story short, I moved there. You know, I, I worked that summer, saved up a bunch of money and moved there. And Dr. B was like the biggest influence on me as far as like, this is a dude who's the best in the world. He's an Olympic champion. He's an Olympic bronze medalist. He's trained more Olympic medalists than anybody else in track and field. He's, he was the head of sport pedagogy or pedagogy, however you say it, in, in the Soviet Union. And he would answer every single question that I could throw out of everything. Dude, that's like a, how do I say it? Just hearing that, it's like the dude loved to give his knowledge away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he, was, he wasn't someone like, oh, let me keep this all to myself because, oh, they'll overtake me they'll do more with it than i would and he was like no the more i share the more like other people know the better they could right, be right so it's like it's almost like his way of like people will like me if i share right yeah it's yeah. almost like when you're a little kid it's like share your toys yes exactly when you're an adult share the knowledge you have yeah, with people because you like, you've spent that time to learn it and like other people want to know what yeah, you're learning what good is it learning it and just being and hiding like, it yeah. hiding it on your chest no. <laughs> well then people don't like you yeah and you're a dickhead well so I, I think, you know, so I, I trained with Dr. B for a year, and then I leave, and when I left, I left because, uh, not that my parents were really helping me, but they were, they were helping me to a point financially, and my dad was like, we can't, we can't help you at all, like, you, you gotta go out on your own. Yeah. Uh, entirely. Uh, so by this time, Earl has like a 12-year-old kid. And it, I, it wasn't 12, what year was this? <laughs> 2000. Hold on, give me the year. Nine, eight. 2008, 2009? She was like six or seven. <laughs> 2008, so you, you were way more advanced than me. Uh, well, I had more responsibilities in that regard. Yeah. But I also had a great support structure, though, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had superb parents. I had superb in-laws. Like, right. my wife is unbelievable. Like, her story's unreal. Yeah. Like, how do I say it? Like, 19 goes gets a job, gets the job to pay for her undergrad, takes that undergrad degree, gets a new job, gets that job to pay for her, math, her MBA, takes that MBA, gets another job, and next thing you know, this woman who had a kid at 19 is making six figures plus. Like, yeah. You know what I, like... That's too much work yeah, for well, me. I was too busy mooching off my parents while your yeah, wife yeah. was killing it. Well, 
support structure too. Like, it, there was a point in our relationship where I made more money. The support support structure for my 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 definition of success. I would say that I had that support structure. Yeah, my parents were always. But like, supportive. is it that I know we were talking before about like sometimes we associate money with success, yeah. like wealth. But, like, isn't that itself, like, that family structure, like, a huge success? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a sure. wealth in there that, like, you can't monetize that. Well, I think that's, that was my, my whole thing with my parents was that they always, like, I went to college to, to learn to go to school. Literally, my dad was like, go to school with what you, what you want to learn. You'll figure out how to make money sometime. Okay. But go to school with what you want to learn about. So I wanted to learn about religious studies. That's what I was into, and that's what I'm, yeah, I love it. And so that's what I went to yeah. get my degree in. Look at all the um, missionaries we're sending out through the YouTube, the, the podcast, <laughs> the social media, right? <laughs> but so he's always fostered that, that willingness to learn. And my mom has both of them, right? So it's like going to train with Dr. B that was just like, yeah, this is what Dane's going to do. Yeah. It's just what he's going to do. Just like when I went and told them I'm going to hitchhike because i got to figure out my own life problems, they're like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, just figure Make it, it out. happen. Yeah. So, um, go back to, to, to my influences. This is a really long response to uh, OK Computer or... O- astronaut. OK Astronaut. Well, it's the mentor thing. It's, it's deep. It's long. Like, yeah, I think, and I think that that's... So, it's like lear- learning from Dr. B, I came home essentially, one, because of my parents, but two, because my wife, my current, you know, who I married was like, if you don't move home, we're not, you know, yeah, yeah. We're gonna split so up. So you made some sacrifices. Yeah, so I made for sacrifices. For the love of your life. Correct. And this is where it gets a little you crazy. You say that so she hears you say it. I made some sacrifices for the love of my life. <laughs> there you go. It's <laughs> very manly of you to do, say something like that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so. There's nothing toxic about that. No, that's not toxic. Um. No, but see, that's my selfishness, dude. I don't even think that way. Yeah, but that wasn't selfish. You're... No, but my selfishness is not thinking that way. Oh. That's where I struggle. Okay. That's where I struggle to see. Like, I try to be more empathetic all the time. I try to have thoughts of, like, what do I need? Because the other thing is, is Caitlin is completely, to beat a dead horse with this term, autonomous. Like, yeah, she yeah. doesn't need me. <laughs> right, right. So I'm never like, ah, she needs me to tell her, like, I really like her. Like, I'm just like, ah, she's good. Nah, you still got to tell them. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so I'm at home, and I get a phone call. I'm downstairs. Remember, I don't have a cell phone. It's 2008. The Olympics just happened. My mom yells <laughs> down from the upstairs, <laughs> Dane, someone's on the phone for you. Who? He said his name's Adam Nelson. <laughs> and I was like, Adam Nelson? Dude, he got second at the time. He, he, he hadn't won the Olympics because he didn't get the retroactive pop yet from the other guy. He was a silver medalist in the okay. 04 Olympics. So he's calling. So I pick up the phone. I'm like, Adam Nelson? Hello? Hey, is this Dane? Yeah. Long story short, he wanted to, me to help him with programming because I was with Dr. B. And then in, we hook up. Then he tells me to go meet Charles Poliquin. So I go and go get oh. certifications from him. And this whole giant thing of going to train with B, Dr. B yeah. leads to Charles Poliquin. So you end up with essentially two of the best, if not the best minds in how to develop strength yes. and fitness. Yes. Like, yes, 100%. giving you knowledge. Correct. Yeah. And then that leads to, you know, getting more and more into 
lifting, uh, weightlifting, and developing that, that that takes me down this path of, okay, I want to I want to be a better coach. I want to be uh, I want to use more weightlifting techniques. I want to like snatch clean jerk stuff like that to make my athletes better because I was solely focused on how many national champs could I have in the in the NCA? How many all Americans? How many state champs? Because by now I started my business while I'm still training. Very quantitative goals, as you like to say, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and 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 going along those lines, I get to go out to the Olympic Training Center, and that's where I I meet you know Kevin Simons, who I think is one of the best coaches in the U.S. That's where I meet uh, Zygmunt and and all these other coaches. But I think where that took me, um, that took me to spending time with these guys. Well, Brian Seacrest, he's another guy who I have great respect for. Like these are like okay. top-notch coaches, who I still consider my mentors, even though they're. Are these part of like the ten people you talk about, like programming and fitness? Yeah, 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 with, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then I'm the weird one that like comes yeah, in there. Really like, outlier. Yeah, who is this guy? So, <laughs> so the biggest thing that connects everything is that you know this guy i used to watch piros demos videos when i was in college now as i come up the ranks and i and i grow as a coach yeah. and i start to be on these teams now all of a sudden in 2016 2017 the u.s weightlifting uh national governing body hires piros demos right right and so i would say out of you know my dad uh mr yoder um you know, even the mentors, the internet mentors, uh, then leading into Dr. B, and then Poliquin and working with Poliquin, Poliquin's group, um, and then and then and then leading into you know, literally spending months of my life with Piros Dimas and answer, asking him tons of questions, and becoming a friend of his, and being able to be like, Yo, Dimas, what'd you guys do with this? I remember when you talked to Piros. How excited you were yeah. to tell me you talked to him yeah. and what you talked about. Oh, and yeah. you just wanted to share all your notes like <laughs> yeah. right away. This is these are all the notes I had. <laughs> and I think I a part of me thinks you talked to me because you know like as sort of as an outlier as I'm like I'm geeky and nerdy and like yeah. I go into things. Like I but I would actually read your notes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't just be like, oh, yeah, who cares? Yeah, you would like, appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, I was like, dude, I'm like, he's sharing this with me. Like I'm like it was almost like a gift, right? If you will, like, yeah. hey, I got this. Let me share with you what it, what I have on this document. Here. And I, I think that I think that that's the whole thing, dude. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I save voice messages from him because I laugh that he has a nickname for me. He'll call me <laughs> and he'll be like, "Danny, Danny." You know, I saw him at the Olymp- at the Olympics <laughs> this year. He didn't he didn't expect to see me. We're walking through the opening ceremony and we're about to get on the buses, and he's like filming people he's so excited to do it and he wasn't going to the ceremony he was just watching people and he sees me and he's like Danny Danny <laughs> and it's like that that to me is like that's that's people the people like you yeah people like you oh, yeah. that's it and so i i think you know to answer okay astronaut it's like it it was always i always had that in me that i wanted to be better i wanted to be the best i wanted to constantly like that's another thing is my competitive nature is that I, oh, i'm always like i want to be the best i want to be the best i want to be the best but i also want to learn the most because i know that if i learn the most i can apply it and i can be the best and i can help more people and then it's just this crazy cycle yeah it's funny you say that like always want to be better i have this little poster of like maya angelou yeah yeah like it's like a silhouette i saw her speak my sophomore year of college at Penn State. 
Nice. Yeah. That must have been awesome. Yeah, it was really good. But all it says is do your Actually, best. I think I was crying during her speech. Probably. Oh, I could imagine. <laughs> like, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's like do your best and then do better. Yeah, yeah. And like it, over it, and over again. Yeah, it was just like, all right. It's, I'm like paraphrasing. Right. Do it. Like she's a poet. I'm like Your. second, third episode <laughs> of a podcast here. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're not close World to my like she, Yeah, she and you never she was will like, be. Yeah, hey Barack, can you put this on my neck? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> do do me a favor. Yeah. I I think though, like like even you know you you I mean even what you just mentioned with Maya Angelou, it's like you could almost see her as as a mentor, right? To a point, and it's like. For me, those internet guys that they were, they were that way, and you know, they they were people that I I now know who they are. Uh, actually, a coach texted me today uh, from South Carolina, who's the throws coach there, who was a guy that used to comment on the ring and who I have always had the craziest respect for, and it's like he's my peer now. Right, right. So I think like the the and what was his name like throws six nine like uh, twenty point four or something like that. Dude, they used to have shirts because uh, they re- he recruited Dylan because they had he had a couple uh, Canadians and they they had shirts that said like Iron Cocks <laughs> and it was like their logo uh, with guys throwing yeah. shots. Um, but yeah, so it was probably something crazy on there. Uh, there was a guy that was named the Viking. That no one actually ever knows who he is. Okay. Um, but I, I think I think that's what makes the internet so phenomenal. And like this generation, you know, our generation and down to the the Zoomers, the Zs. The Zs. <laughs> is they that, may not like that. It, like, yeah. it, it alludes to the boomers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the the positive parts is like they're so in tune with uh, learning all the time. Yeah. And and and. and I think what we've got to realize is like mentors help you solve problems, and uh, the the employees who are the best problem solvers are going to be the best employees, and the people in life that I think are going to be happiest are the ones that can be dealt a problem and figure it out and solve that problem quickly. And I think that not quickly but successfully. Yeah, I think that's the big thing with mentors is finding all these issues and problems that you have, <clears throat> and you find somebody who can help you and guide you through them, and they might not even know the answer, right. but they have a means or a method to help you s- find that. Do you that. find mentors and like in your role as mentors to some of your athletes too, like validation becomes important too? Like where, did Dr. B, like have, did you ever bring something up and like he validated that idea or that comment, or did Poliquin ever do that? And do you ever find yourself doing that too for one of your athletes. I, I think the biggest thing with Dr. B was that, and this is because he was a science, like he, he was a full-blown scientist, is that he looked at things so logically he could never tell if you were leading him into, a, in, in, into an area that you wanted validation. Okay. So. Are you saying you might have been autistic? Like a little bit? Or am I, am I you going might be, too far? You might be going a little far. All right. Maybe. Yeah. Or what is the word now like neuro, neurodivergent? Do they use that now? Is that? That might be. I mean, you would know better than me. Internet, correct me. I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm trying to learn. I'm always like. I'm always trying to learn. Like. I, I think. I think he was very unique in that. I, I think he just looked at everything very 
like through the a black and white lens. Okay. And it was basically like he you ask him a question and he directly answers that question without without jumping zeros and ones yeah. zeros and ones yeah and and so uh, when I would look for validation one of the coolest things he said so so his whole system is based around like they they don't they don't lift that heavy they would never lift that heavy but then when I would bring up examples of how strong Yuri Sadiq was he could power clean 170 kilos so he was strong. He would say, "Yeah, he was strong. He could display that strength, but we never we didn't train that way after 1981, 82." Okay. And but he would also say, "You have to realize there's so many different ways to be good. There's so many systems. Okay. Certain systems work. Certain systems don't. That system, that system, that system. They all work for specific reasons." And he would always say to me. Because he knew I wanted to coach and, and get into, into this, right? He was like, you have to figure out your system yeah. and what works for you. So I, I think it was like an open-minded training system. I was going to say, isn't that like the ultimate validation? Yeah. Like he's saying what you are going to come up with is viable. Yeah. Can stand up. To all of this and I think, other I, I think for methods sure. as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's, dude, that was him. He knew... He knew I could be a good coach, so then I was like, dude, yeah. Dr. B thinks I could be a good coach. I can do this. Yeah. And so your confidence is like up here. Right, like, so he's validating what your right, what, aspiration is, what your right. goal is. And that leads you to dive deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper. And I think that, that that's where I think mentors should be. I think that's where we should all, and I think as we age, I don't think you should really be a mentor until you know, you're older. Oh, I disagree uh, with you completely. Well, okay. I should clarify. I don't believe that, um, like, I think, I think somebody who's 25 can offer a lot of mentorship values, but they also have to be open-minded that there's people older than them yes. that can offer, because, like, what you'll get is you'll get a 25 or 30-year-old who's really successful in an area, and they think they know everything. So, You don't want that. You have to always be open-minded. I- I like this. I like the idea. Like, I like having a mentor right now that's, like, over 70. Yeah, Like, yeah. old. And it's like, why do I want a mentor that old? Well, I want someone who's lived a full life who can give me yeah. advice about when I'm 50, when I'm 40, when yes. I'm 60. Like Jeff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want, and, like, Jeff's, like, a cool person. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he went over to Japan. He said, studied to be a samurai. Like, right, right. His kids are successful like they yeah there's reasons yeah yeah and like he's just a good person like right. he's, he's he'll, another, he'll share his information yeah and he, he he will challenge you yeah but he'll never also he'll also make you feel like you're the most intelligent person there too you know what i right, mean right right like he just and i've seen him have that same mindset dealing with eight-year-old kids right well i, I think that like, i think that, that that's what mentors are i mean dude that's also like demos he'll he'll talk to a kid who's 15 yeah and then i'll talk to a 25 year old who's basically a professional weightlifter right and it's like he he sees that and he's also open-minded right he'll also tell you george as in as a needs is a great coach because this this and this i did this better he does this better as coaches so we have to learn from each other because he's yeah like, we all we all come up in systems of training or in in systems of life, I was raised by parents who are very open-minded, but also very very like 
yeah, normal people. Normies, right? Yeah, yeah. Or as so cis, heterosexual, normative as type norma- of behavior. normal American as you yeah. can get. Or as what they prescribe to you from the television that they took a while to figure out. Exactly. <laughs> but they never, but they never, and I think this goes back to my dad early on, is they never were like, you, you, it was always like you have to treat other people well. You have to treat other yeah, people yeah. the way you want to be treated. And so I think taking that as, you know, people do reach out to me to talk about being a mentor or they ask me questions or they see me that way. And it's like, I see you as a mentor. Shut up. I think if if we could all constantly... You should accept compliments more. (laughs) I should, yeah. Uh, Thanks, Earl. You're welcome. If we're always constantly looking to learn and looking to challenge ourselves and looking to challenge others and at the same time share information with others because then we can learn from them what we're sharing. One last thing about mentors, too. It's like YouTube comments. Yeah. I can learn a lot from them. Yeah, okay. (laughs) There, there are quirks. Like, we got, Actually, we they, got yeah, a good yeah, one yeah, yeah, yeah. out That's of here. True. I also think you need a younger mentor because they're <clears throat> I attuned do. to cultural things yes. that your age doesn't, and life responsibilities don't necessarily allow That's, you to be attuned to. That's why I try to stay in touch with, like, pop music. Yeah. And I'm trying to get better at, like, uh, Taman was trying to get me to use the term, uh, like, no cap. Like that's like no oh, bullshit. Oh yeah, bet. Yeah, or bet. Use yeah, bo- yeah, yeah. use bet more, uh, or even just say like. Those are the few I know. Like like using terms like that to just be. Yeah. Cool, in and in tune with with yeah, yeah. modern society because I don't I also don't want to be the guy who is, I don't ever want to be the guy like oh this generation they're blah blah yeah, yeah. blah because every other generation's always said that. It's like. Oh, There's only one generation that sucks. I, I love this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to tell this story. They're called the me generation, and they're older I than I got to tell this story. <laughs> so I went to a rock climbing place. I okay. went with my daughter. Yeah. And they're playing music, and they're playing, like, electro techno music. Okay. And, like, You're, you know. Otherwise known in Earl's world as Euro trash. I like techno music. Don't get me wrong. But I say that. I love it. But you call it Euro trash. I, I just like to mess with you. I, I, I like it. <laughs> Trust me. Like, oh, man. Anyway. So it's like you get in that, like, four to the floor type of thing going. Yeah. yeah and your and, like, heart rate like, goes up. Yeah. And it, but it's nice and steady. There's that ambient wave over it, like, type of thing. It was also, more like Aphex. Tw- okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Age, Ageopolis or whatever yeah. that one And then they, them, they end up changing... They turn into like they, hardcore no, trance. No, they put on the Beatles. Oh God! Then it's like no, soft listen, rock. This woman goes it's too soft though. Goes, thank God they finally put on music where they can play their instruments. And I look at her. I go, oh, yeah. My. I was like playing the pianos, just pushing buttons too. <laughs> and she looked at me like, did he just say that? Because anyone who's like played a sampler, like the sampler's just pushing buttons, except. There's, it's digital what you put in, the tones, what are. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot more sonic possibilities. Right, right. So, like, you talk to any musician, like, yeah. if I would talk to Paul McCartney, like, yeah. sir, he'd be like, yeah, like, I'd gladly touch these buttons if they gave me more sound options. Right. And I was there, like, why do you think there's, like, the hypothetical fifth Beatle? Because they were using the studio. Yeah, they were starting to figure that yeah, out. Like, yeah, like, so anyway, electronic music's excellent. What does that have to do with mentors? It has to do with the idea of I never want to be the guy okay. who's old and can't see things. Yeah. So imagine being the guy the only. Oh uh, yeah, you're seeing like yeah. that couldn't see 
I why this music yeah, sounds this way. Why it's that. Yeah, why yeah. it's good. Why right. it's still pushing things yeah. forward. Why it's music. Gosh, that's where I just yeah. feel so stupid, the fact that I couldn't see that. Well, that's all right. You're not dumb. <laughs> you know, it's okay to be wrong or not get something and ask. Like, you don't I know, but that's also, that's, so that goes back to like... Your competitiveness? It, competitive, and now I'm going to think that people think I'm dumber. Oh. They'll still and like they'll you, judge though. me. They'll judge me. Uh, do, do we have to edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> so what I would recommend, everybody hey. find a mentor. What, Earl? Always remember. I'm your mentor. I can tell you to stop yeah. talking. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. No, that's, that, I think that's, I, I remember, I, like that, that, that quote is, is so perfect because you don't know what you don't know, which is literally like once you start learning, you're like, I don't know shit. Yeah, there's so much more. Yeah, there's so know. much more. And, and that's, why, that's why I look at, and, and this, is, this is like people who were like, I don't do weightlifting movements because X, Y, Z. What? That would be like me saying, I don't do deadlifts. I don't do back squats. I don't do bench you presses. You love deadlifting. I, I know, so it's like, <laughs> why would I just completely throw out all of this one area because of something when, when you don't know what that's like if you did it? Yeah. So it's like, be open-minded. Try to figure things out. Find mentors or a mentor. I think multiple and, and grow oh. and always be open-minded to learning. I subscribe to that completely. Like I'll give my nine ninety nine to stream to multiple mentors. Like just one's not enough. Right. Like, because you need them in different avenues. Like think about yeah. you as a person, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you're a content creator, you're yeah. a sports and fitness coach, you're a father, like yeah. you're a like a business you, owner. Yeah, you need a mentor in all sort of realms. in those different realms. Yeah. And like, yeah, they may inter act and interchange and right. like but like you need different people in, in that regard absolutely yeah Man. all right so everybody go out find out their mentor figure out what they want to do in life i think find all those different areas that yeah. you need somebody to talk to and that's where that's where i also think with uh, not to rant a little bit further before closing this out it's like using parents early on as mentors to figure that stuff out just to help you figure it out. Yeah. And they can guide you to who they trust. Figure that out. And one day, you'll be a mentor. Yeah. Peace. Later. <laughs> <laughs>